What is up, guys? Welcome to Culture Ambition. I am your host, Felipe. This is episode three. I know we missed a week. I'm sorry. Had a few uh, good news and had to be out for a week. But anyways, um, back. You're going to get to hear two different episodes this week. Episode three, which is going to be this one, and then episode four. So today for episode three, I wanted to focus on business. Different topic. Uh, So if you're starting a business, if you're wondering how to start a business, if you're already in business and want to do different things or maybe a little bit more money, this podcast is going to be for you. Okay. So I wanted to start off by talking about when you start a business, what you should be looking at, what market you're going into, and how to make sure that you stand out from the people around you that are offering the same services or same products as you are. So let's get right into it. When you're starting a business, for the most part, what a lot of us tend to do is we look around and we want to see what our market share looks like, right? So we'll look at our competitors and based off of what they're charging for their services or for the products that they're offering similar to yours, you go based off of that and then you decide that maybe it's a good idea to charge 10, 20, 30 or X amount of dollars less than your competition because that's that's going to provide you with more volume of customers or clients. Truth be told, though, if you want to stand out as being the best in town or having the best service in town, then you should do the opposite. Let me explain why. When you are considering going to a doctor or when you are considering buying a new vehicle or buying some sort of new product, you will always mentally and psychologically prefer to go with the more expensive product than you will with the cheaper product. I'll give you a perfect example. I heard this one a while ago. If you are buying the morning after pill and you get two options, you get your plan B and you get your behind-the-counter knockoff plan B. They both do the same thing. They are both produced by the same company. However, the plan B, because it has the branded plan B, is going to cost you $50. The other one is going to cost you, I don't know, somewhere around $35. You would rather pay the $50 to make sure that it takes effect rather than save yourself $15. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, well, it's different. It's really not. They're both produced by the same company. They both have the same result. But the the thing is that you trust that higher pricing because you feel that you're going to be more secure that the job gets done because of that. So it's the same thing when you're buying services or when you're buying vehicles or products or whatever it may be. You always go for the higher end pricing because you feel that that higher pricing point is going to give you a better service, a better product, whatever it may be. It's going to offer it to you because you're paying more. So it's the same thing for your business. Value your time, 
value the amount of work that you're putting in. I've seen a lot of people that uh, when they start their business, first thing they do, like I said, they subtract the money down from whatever everyone else is charging. And then they realize that they actually have to pay expenses. They have to pay employees. They have to pay taxes. They have to pay all these other things. And they realize that they made a big mistake. The problem with this is that once you put your pricing point, it is going to be really hard for you to move up instead of moving down. Let me explain that. If you start charging your clients, let's say you're a barber and you start charging $30 a haircut and you're offering them a fade, uh, full beard service, and maybe you're offering eyebrows or whatever else. And you're only charging 30 bucks. That's a pretty good fucking deal, right? Most barbers nowadays will charge you anywhere between 60 to $75. And you're talking about like a full on, just like everything is offered in that service. But you you said, hey, if I charge $30, I'm going to get more people because I'm cheaper and people are going to come to me instead of the higher pricing point. And so... Then you start to realize that $30 is not cutting it for you because you have to pay, let's say you're an independent barber, okay? You don't have to pay a chair, you don't have to pay rent, you're just getting your own clientele and you're cutting off for your garage, okay? Let's say that. But you're only you're only able to do so many haircuts a day because you're the only one doing them. You can't scale this business in a different way unless you open up a shop or you have other people working for you or products. So for the sake of it, it's just yourself. You're charging $30 per cut and you're offering them a full-on service. And then you realize that you have to make 10 cuts in order to do $300 a day. Now, I don't know about you, but... I'm pretty sure that cutting 10 people a day is going to take a toll on you really quick. That's 10 hours of your day. If you are operating at a minimum of 45 minutes per cut, giving yourself a 15 minute transition time between your next client and thinking that you have a full book every single day for five days. In total, you'll be making $1,500 a week, which doesn't seem bad, But again, that's a lot of work and that's a lot of ifs and buts taken into consideration. Whether the barber that goes in and says, hey, you know what? You know, I may not be the best yet, but I'm going to charge $75. And so here's where I'm going to tie this into the the lowering and, and, and upping the price. So if you're charging $75... And you're offering a full service just like your other buddy that was charging 30. But you're charging 75. Same thing. You're doing this out of your garage and you don't have to pay anyone else. And let's say your goal is to cut six people a day. That's that's six hours. Okay. This is the same same uh, analogy applied by the other person that is charging the $30 and taking 45 minutes, 15 minute transitions, and you are booked for six people every single day for five days, in one day, you're gonna make $450. That's only six cuts, right? So that means that you can, so you wanna wake up at, 
I don't know, let's say you want to wake up at 9 a.m., you take three cuts. By 12, you take your lunch break, come back at 1, and you start your next three cuts. By 4 p.m., you are done with your workday, and you have done a total of $450. You multiply that times five, you're going to end up with $2,250 a week. A month, you're going to be banking somewhere around $9,000. Not bad for only working six hours a day compared to if you're working your 10 hours a day and you're making 1500 a week and you're doing only 6000 a month. 6000 is not bad, right? But it could be more and you're working less. So what happens is if you price your point at a higher standard, people are going to pay it because they're going to perceive you as a higher, better, more experienced business owner, product, service, and when you already price your point there, you can only go up. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to start charging 85 now because we've had a lot of demand and I feel that 85 is going to be a better price point. I'm sorry if it's an inconvenience for you, but if you really like my haircuts, I'm going to be charging you 85 for full service. Most of your clients at that point are going to understand because you're going to have top tier clients that are willing to pay the service. (coughs) However, if on the other hand, you're only charging $30 per cut and you're offering a full service and you tell your clients now, hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to up my price now. I'm going to be charging $40 instead of 30 because I, I'm I'm struggling a little bit and I'm working a lot and I just I need to I need to make a little bit more extra cash but you don't want to tell your clients that so you're you're gonna have to add something else for value in order for them to see that value and the problem here is that most of the people that are gonna pay that amount of money are people that do not want to pay more those are the people that are looking for the cheapest price possible and are gonna be the people that complain the most are gonna be the people that give you the hardest time and at the end of the day they're gonna be the least loyal to you these are the people that are that are called loop-de-loops they just come and go come and go come and go and they're never consistent So at the end of the day, you're going to raise your prices and now 20 to 30% of your clientele on average is the people that are going to leave your doors and now you're going to have to be scouting out for that 20 or 30% that have gone. And there's a, there's, you have your loyal ones that are going to stay with you, but for the most part, you're going to lose around 20 to 30% of those people. And I'm telling you this from experience because we've seen it done in our gyms, seen it done in other, in other parts of our business where If you price too low, because I'm guilty of this, I did this at the beginning, you price too low, and then when you try to raise your prices, people get upset at you. The first thing they're going to tell you is, oh, you're just trying to get rich. You're just trying to make more money. And you know what? It is true. You're trying to make more money because you want to be able to live substantially. You're working hard. The thing about business is people don't see is that when you open a business or when you are your own boss... It's actually a lot harder than going in from a nine to five. Let me explain why. Because you're not working nine to five. You're working until you get the job done because no one else is coming for you. And you're only going to have very small victories and you're going to have a lot of lows. A lot of people don't see that. And so because of that, 
it's hard for you to explain that to them. And so for them, the conception is that you have more free time. So that means that you should be making more money than I am. So it's not fair that you're going to make more money and I'm not in some way. So this is why pricing is very important. Once you put in your pricing, make sure that before you put in your pricing, sorry about that, before you put in your pricing, you do your research on the market and you put goals down on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. How much money do you want to make? What is going to happen in order for you to make that type of money? And what kind of plan are you going to take to do those steps in order for you to start building those wins and bringing the actual clientele that you want to work with? Because like I said, a lot of people, because they go so cheap, they end up working with the bottom of the barrel and then when they try to raise their prices, you're going to get a lot of pushback. And you might be thinking, that's kind of that's kind of messed up, you know, because you want to help people out. You you're got in this business because you love what you do. And yes, that, that is understandable. However, there's one thing that you have to understand. It's OK to say no to money. Let me explain that. The best way that I can give you this analogy is there's this quote. I forgot who the person that said it is, but Ferrari doesn't lower their prices because everybody wants one. Okay. So everybody wants to drive a Ferrari, but Ferrari is not going to lower their prices for you to be able to drive that Ferrari. You need to work your ass off in order to work, to get the Ferrari that you want to drive. It's the same thing with your business. Just because you offer a service doesn't mean that everybody that comes through your doors deserves to be part of the service. Don't be afraid to say no. I've had multiple people that come in through our doors and they tell us, well, I can get this for cheaper elsewhere. Okay, go ahead. Not a problem. You can go and get it for cheaper somewhere else because I can assure you that they're not offering you what we are going to offer you at our facilities. Simple as that. It's okay to let them go. And eventually, if they realize that they're not getting the results they want, they're not getting the service that they claim to have in the other place, they're going to end up coming back and asking around, hey, uh, can I still come in? Can I still check it out? And, and yes, of course you can. But now they understand that the reason why you're charged more is because you can offer more. That leads me to my next point. If you're offering things, make sure that you follow through with those things. A lot of people like to sell on things and then don't follow through with them. And it's hard sometimes if you're by yourself, if you're a one man team, but try to do your due diligence and organize yourself as best as possible to give the people what, what you offered them in the first place. And like I said, it is hard. It's happened to me before. Uh, and it's, it's something that you're going to have to learn to deal with, uh, because you're not always going to be at 100% operating when you first start. When you first start, you're going to have more loses than more wins. And it's normal. That's okay. This is how you're going to learn. And you're going to have multiple hats throughout the business. But every single hat is going to have a different experience for you. And each one of those experiences has to be taken with the greatest grain of salt because that is going to teach you and give you a better opportunity to grow as an entrepreneur. So we touched on pricing, we touched on starting your business, and we touched on knowing your market. Now, when it comes to 
outside markets of your competitors. You can only com- you can only control what you can control. Whatever your competition does has nothing to do with you. Yes, you are competing against them. But before you can worry about them, you have to worry about yourself. In an airplane, when the oxygen mask drops, what do they tell you? Put yours on first before you help anyone else. It is the same thing in business. You have to have a plan and you have to stick to your plan because everyone else is looking, but I can assure you that a lot of the people around you aren't doing a lot of the things that you might be doing. So in the beginning, I said, make your do your research, plan out what you want to do, and make sure you read. Read on what it is that you want to do. I can give you an example. For our gym, I have been reading books on Alex Hormonzi, Andy Frisella, Patrick Bed David, Bedros Koulian, and several other very well-known authors that I can't remember the name of. Apparently, they're not well-known, right? But I, I've read a lot of books. I've studied a lot of these things. And so when I do things... I do them with the intent of having a plan for more than just one step. There's always five or six steps ahead of it, and there's always a plan included with it. If you're offering a seminar for something, if you're offering space to be rented out, there's always has to be something that follows through with it on top of that. Because the people that are looking around you, a lot of the times aren't doing what you're doing. So they see you. And yes, a lot of people are going to copy you if you are leading your market. A lot of people are going to copy you. But they don't know the next five steps on top of that. Let's say you're offering a Christmas <clears throat> promotion for your barber shop. <coughs> Let's say you offer a package and you're going to be offering a package you buy a head for five haircuts and you get a discount for those five haircuts, right? And so before you do that, you decided that you are going to raise your prices, right? So let's say you're charging 75 still and you say, hey, on Christmas, from Christmas to New Year's, if you decide to buy five haircuts ahead, I'm going to give you a discount. And so you raised your prices right before that to 85. So you're charging 75 and you raise them to 85. And then you tell your customers, hey, this is what I'm going to offer you. And they say, okay, that's perfect. What's my discount? So now what you can do, if you want to, you can just take those $10 off and charge the $75 you you were still doing. And so at the end of the day, you're not really losing much, but you already had that in plan, but you're not going to announce that, right? You're going to just put that out there. Hey, I'm going to offer you a discount if you sign up for five haircuts ahead of the one that you have booked for Christmas. And so your competition is going to see this and they're going to say, oh shit, that's a really good deal. We should do something like that, but we're going to add a twist. We're going to do 10 haircuts. They don't know what you're charging. They don't know how many hair, they don't know what your prices are at this point. And you don't know how much you're going to discount. But because they saw that, they're going to try to take your idea and implement it. But you already, you were already five steps ahead, right? So then they're going to do this thing where they're going to drop their prices and they're going to do this massive discount because you signed up for 10 haircuts in advance. And then at the end of the day, when you compare them, 
you're doing 75 times five. They're doing, let's say they were charging 65 and now they're gonna, they're gonna take $20 off each haircut. So at the end of the day, they're only doing 45 per haircut and they're doing 45 times five. So, or 45 times 10, sorry. <clears throat> so 45 times 10 is gonna end you with $450 made off of that one client that you, that they had, right? And so, that's how much they're making off of 10 haircuts. That's 10 haircuts, right? That's 10 visits. You're charging 75. You're doing five. You didn't announce this. And so at the end of the day, you're making 375 off of five haircuts, right? And so there's a little bit of a difference, but you're doing less work. You're making more money and you're keeping your clients happy and you're offering them a better service because you're making more money. And that leads me to my next point. Making money is not a bad thing. It's very frowned upon for people to make money. Let me tell you something. If you are not making your bills, if you are not making your rent, if you are struggling to make all these things, I can tell you for a fact and from experience, it is very fucking stressful. And it is very fucking shitty to come into your business having to deal with customers and clients not being able to offer them the best service that you can because the last thing on your mind is them because you're worrying about everything behind doors. That is a shitty feeling. If you're making money and you're able to pay your rent, you're able to pay your employees, you're able to pay everything else, everything is taken care of, guess what? Your services automatically, instantaneously are going to just make a like huge leap because your clients are going to be more happy because you're going to have a good vibe towards you. You're going to feel good because you're saying, hey, I'm taking care of shit and I can take care of my clients. And those clients are going to notice it and they're going to bring in more people because they enjoy being here, because they enjoy the vibes, they enjoy the energy. So when people tell you that making money is a bad thing, it's not, okay? The reason why people will tell you this is because when you are successful in your business, People have this envy because they can't, they told themselves that they couldn't do it, so you shouldn't be able to do it because nobody else was supposed to be able to do it. That's a normal thing for people to have. It's envy. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Money is a tool that you can use to help the people around you, and you can use to help provide better services, provide better amenities. And so, by making money, you're creating the tool that you need in order to open more doors. If you don't have money, you can't open more doors because you're struggling to just keep one open. So making money is not a bad thing. Don't ever let anybody tell you that it's bad for you to make money and that it's bad for you to have a sense of purpose, to have millions of dollars, to be rich, and to be able to provide what you want to for your family. Because if that is not your goal, then you are in business for the wrong reasons, okay? Yes, you want to help people. Yes, you want to provide better services. Yes, you want to be able to help your community. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to have the goals to make money. Let me clarify that, okay? Because it's going to sound like, oh, well, he's just saying that I should be making money and that's all that I should care about. No, what I'm saying is 
that you should always have a goal of what you want to reach. And once you reach that goal, then you have to have another one. There should always be more goals coming up because that's how your your business is going to scale up. Okay, going back to the barbershop. So we've opened our barbershop. We've set our price points. We set our steps. We have a plan and then we're going to attack it. Now, one thing that a lot of businesses have been slacking on ridiculously right now is social media. And so when you look at social media as a business, you have to realize that your social media is not a platform for you to just be posting just stupid and random shit. Okay. It may seem like it sometimes, but it's not. Your social media should be post about what you are offering as a business. Okay. I can give you a perfect example. There's a lot of fitness centers and gyms. There's a lot of, um, landscaping companies, roofing companies, they post stories about their workers working or their people doing workouts. Yeah, obviously that's what they're doing because that's what your fucking business is. If you're a gym, obviously your people are going to be working out. Okay, well, I see that. If you're a roofing company and you're roofing, well, yeah, I can see your roofers roofing. Okay, that's great. If you're a landscaping company, same thing applies. I don't care. I, I see it. That's what you are. Obviously, I expect you to do that. What are you offering me? That's what your audience is trying to ask you. That's what you're trying to portray to your audience. If I'm a gym, so okay, well, one of the things that we like to hit on is nutrition. We like to tell people that they have to eat properly in order to look good. Okay, so I'm going to post a recipe instead, and this is what I'm going to post. And you make a post about your about a recipe for, I don't know, a protein shake. And you tell your audience, hey, look, yeah, we work out. We also like to focus on your nutrition. Here's a tip for you so that you can get a you can get your protein intake in for the day. I'm a roofing company. It's like, hey, I have to change gutters today. This is how you change your gutters. And so people see these things and they're like, oh, okay. So they actually offer more than just show me pictures and and videos about them doing their job. So when you look at your social media, you should be looking at it in the sense that it is a your your social media is basically a media company that exists under your actual business. Everything that you do should be portrayed as media to show people what it is that you do, what you can offer them and how you offer it to them. What is different from you than everyone else? If you are posting the same thing that everyone else is posting, you are just like everyone else and you will not stand out, okay? So I tell us a lot to a lot of the clients that we have on the marketing company where it's like, you can have posts and you can saturate your posts with a whole bunch of different stuff, but if they don't make any sense, they don't have a congruency, they don't tell a story, then you're just wasting your time. Every week, you should have something planned out of what you want to post for the week, okay? So for instance, our gym this week is going to be posting, not this week, but the next coming week, we already have a plan to what we're going to post. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to tell a story. At the end of the week, you'll give a call to action, which is buy my product. This is what I'm offering you. This is all free knowledge for you. Now I want to offer you my product. Maybe you might be interested in it. If not, that's okay. Next week, we'll try again. And so that's what you're trying to do when you're posting on social media. You're not just posting random shit, okay? So barbershop, same thing. This is Barbershops are one of the things that 
they make so much money if they know like if you're a barber and you're listening to this you should know you could be making over six figures because i know barbers that make six figures i have friends that are barbers that make six figures and that's because you have to learn how to maximize on everything Social media is a key point if you are in the service of barber, beauty, anything like that. All you got to do, you don't need fancy equipment. You have a phone, it has a fucking camera, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you have a fucking iPhone. Samsung has a good camera, but the quality when you upload things is pretty shitty. I don't know why, but it is what it is. (coughs) However, you have a phone, you can record everything on your phone. Use your phone, use what you have. You don't have to go out and buy a $300 camera to justify you recording something. If you don't know how to use the camera and then you have to take more time to learn the skills. Now, when it comes to editing and all that stuff, you have a bunch of tools that are free. I like to use Canva. Keep it simple. Okay, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Use what you have and do the best with it for the meantime. Once you start getting more experience, once you start getting more knowledge, all right, then we expand. So like I said, you're gonna have a lot of different hats, but your marketing is your social media, and everything else that you do is all falls on you as a CEO of your company. Even if you're just a solo project, solo hustle, that's okay, you're still the CEO at the end of the day, but that title doesn't mean shit if you don't know how to do these things, if you don't know how to guide yourself to these things. So. Once you've done this and you feel like you're maximizing on profit where you can, now the next thing that you should be doing is offering extra services, extra products, okay? So we went through, we're using the barbershop as an example or barber. You decided that that's what you're gonna do. You decided on your price point, decided on your market. You've created a plan. After that, you're using your social media now. You're getting a lot more clients because they're looking at everything that you're doing. They're looking at your videos. They're looking at your before and afters, and they love it, and they want to be a part of that. Okay, so now I am offering you this, this, and this. How else could you make money if you're a barber? Okay, well, there's a lot of products that people use especially men, you know, right now we like, I, I, I love to use beer products. Okay. So I do pomade for my beard. I do oils, hair, same thing. You got to use some sort of pomade gel, whatever it is that you use. Right. So all these things, there's a bunch of products on the market. A lot of these products, since there's new ones coming out every single time, they're looking for new barbers that have experience or that are trying to grow in the market and they'll partner up with you. So if you can buy them as a wholesale price and then when your customer comes in and says, hey man, um, I'm looking for this haircut, blah, 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 blah. And then you put, you give them a little sample of your product. Hey man, look, I just got this new pomade. It's really good. It's It's gonna give you that look that you're looking for. Try it out. Let me see. Let me let me see uh, if you like it. And if you do like it, I have the bottle right here. I'll give it to you for this price. They like it. Hey, you know what? Let me ha- let me have one of those. I, I liked it a lot. Next time, le- next time, let me get one of those. I'm telling you because that's that's that happened to me. Uh, Barbara I used to have gave me this pomade. I fucking loved it, and now that's the only thing that I buy. 
same thing for the beard. Hey, I have these oils that are really good for your beard. So see, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, well, what if they don't have hair? What if they come in and they're balding or whatever? They still have facial hair. There's other there's other things that you can work with. So at the end of the day, you're adding these extra add-ons and these extra add-ons are going to add up. So instead of a $75 cut now, because you added a little bit of product into it, now maybe it turns into $120. Maybe now it turns into $130. And so you made an extra an extra bit of money by not having to do more work. All you did was show them the product. They liked it. They're buying. McDonald's made millions of dollars by asking you one simple question. Sir, would you like fries with these? Yeah. Would you like fries with your burger? Do you know that they charge you extra for the fries? They're not free. A lot of you think it's free, but it's not. But they ask you because you think psychologically, well, yeah, of course I want fries with my burger. Add them on. There's an extra charge on it. You didn't even think about it. They didn't have to do more work. All they asked was one simple question, and they made millions of dollars with it. Crazy, right? So now you're stacking on products. You're doing these things. And then now you just keep expanding. And then if you want to scale your business now, then you start looking into what other th- what other fields you can attack. So business at the end of the day is like playing a chess game. There are multiple players on it. There are multiple pieces moving every single time. But you have to be patient and navigate through them efficiently. If you rush through things, don't make a plan and just attack by doing what everyone else is doing, you are going to fail. You don't want to fail. We don't want you to fail. We want you to succeed, okay? So don't be scared of taking your time to making some choices. Don't be scared of making time to make decisions. Don't be scared of dipping your toes into new things that you have to do in order for your business to succeed. It's okay if it doesn't come out the first time, okay? I can tell you from this, this fucking podcast, I'm I'm not doing this for monetary reasons. I'm just doing it because I like talking to people. I like doing this because I like talking to you guys and you're you're listening right now. So I might be adding a little bit of value to you, you know? And the first episode might have been shitty. Second one might have still been shitty. This one might be shitty as well. You know, but eventually, eventually I like to think that I'm going to get better at it. And it's the same thing with everyone else or everything else. You have to suck at first in order to get better. You will not get better if you don't do the things that you dislike. You can go to the gym. I'll give you a perfect example. I've competed in CrossFit at a really high level. And I've had multiple people that come through my doors. Hey, I want to compete. I want to go do this, this, and this. Okay. Oh, but I don't like doing handstand push-ups. I don't like doing this. I don't like doing that. Okay. In order for you to be successful in that, you have to do it, okay? I hated doing straight handstand push-ups. I cannot tell you how much I hate doing straight handstand push-ups. Not anymore, but I dislike them a lot. Guess what I did for a whole fucking year? Straight handstand push-ups. Why? Because I needed to get better at them. And if I didn't practice them, then I wasn't going to get better at them. I used to dislike doing snatches. Now I love doing snatches. I love doing strict handstand push-ups. You have to do those hard things in order for you to get better at them. I hate running. Guess what? You should be running more. I hate having to plan out my week. Guess what? You should be planning your week out more. Once you, bur- once you build these habits, they become second nature. You get better at them, 
And that's how you become successful. That's how you stack up on wins. That's how you build your business. That's how it's going to become successful. That's all I got for you guys. I hope this was some sort of good info, good advice in your business project, hustle, whatever it may be. If you like it, please um, give us some feedback. Give me some feedback. Not us because it's just me right now. But give me some feedback on whether you like this episode or not, whether you like the topic. Um, and I, I would like to do more of these. Um, I'm really passionate about doing businesses and um, starting them and doing all these things. So anyways, I hope you guys have a blessed day. Have a beautiful day. We will see you all next time and have a great rest of your week. 